Welcome, welcome to episode 14 of the Seller Club podcast. And we are so glad to be with you today. I'm Anna. I'm Glenn. And I'm Ken. Yo, yo, and yo, what's up? <laughs> thank you. I was wondering. And we're going to drop some beats right now. So fresh. So fresh. Very fresh. I showered. Doing? I, uh... <laughs> You know, I shaved, so I'm ready for this one. Glenn's ready for like an interview or something. He's like a little, yeah, kind of baby faced right now, you know. So I'll just let some facial hair just slowly. But I really can't grow a beard or nothing. But just a little shadow. Yeah, just a little shadow, just a little peach fuzz. <laughs> He's ready for today's topic. He's like a professor Glenn today or something. Okay, yeah, and I'm big time ready. What are we talking big about today? I'm ready. We're going to get into some nitty gritty numbers about our stores, which is really cool. To me, this is cool because I've talked about this before, but I really started selling on eBay because of the Scavenger Life podcast. And they, every week for like a decade, basically released a podcast episode where they talked about their numbers for the week and Mm -hmm. just consistently hearing over time, um, you know, different metrics from their store was really illuminating to me like wow you can actually do this as a real business as a full-time income so you know there are a lot of fellow numbers nerds out there anyway so we're going to just talk about some of our numbers today because we all have very different businesses but um we're actually going to take a look at some of the stuff you can see like in our in your ebay dashboard regarding like traffic and sales data so we're going to talk about some of those kind of numbers we're not doing like the week to week thing, but we still think these are going to be some interesting numbers to dive into. Okay, I'm not ready anymore. <laughs> You're like, I, <laughs> I thought know, I was you, ready. I mean, I, I shaved. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I took shower. Oh, I mean, man, I took into shower. our numbers. Um, yeah, okay, yeah. Well, I, I, I think I think this is going to be cool because um, you know um, this is one of the bottom line, right? At the end of the day, uh, the dollars matter numbers won't lie i can't you know take a photo with my lambo and (laughs) and y'all can assume that i bought it on my with my own money right like actually i just borrowed it from glenn they won't know that (laughs) and stuff like that um but this is going to be um um you know eye-opening uh even for us and you know for everybody that's listening i think a challenge is really at the start of the year, I think it's important, really, like, how are we starting the year? Are we starting it strong or lower than before? And if, you know, what are the reasons why? I think that's the biggest thing, right? If you cannot measure it, you cannot improve it. Love Very that. true. Mm-hmm. Kenny loves the numbers, the stats. The stats don't lie. The stats don't lie. I like that. Now, so. are you guys listening? Or, I mean... Yeah, well, are you looking at your numbers? Are you paying attention, like, all the time? Are you obsessed about your numbers? Do you just check in periodically? What's your relationship to your numbers like? Hmm. So numbers, um, I'm checking. Well, every time I ship an item, I definitely have that marked into my spreadsheet. You know, what is that profit on that item? How much did I spend on it? Um, And all of that details every time I ship. So I'm not one of those people that... uh 
assume I'm making money <laughs> and really you're not. Because um, you can do that. Be like, well, I got to mm-hmm. cheat. Yep. So I know I'm making money here. Right. But how much are you making? So um, every day it's checking the numbers on, so, on the so platforms. So you have like a clear, definite temperature on your business daily. Uh, you know, knowing mm-hmm. Glenn, he logs it as soon as it sells. So yeah. um, we batch log. So I kind of like um, um, we do it kind of like every other day, weekly and stuff like that. Um, but Glenn's is like as soon as it sells, he feels the sting. Uh, he'll he'll feel like a million bucks or he'll tape that box crappy if he lost money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I definitely do check mine all the time too just it's built into my process is just like yours glenn so Mm -hmm. i can see the cost of goods i can see what it sold for i can see what i paid to ship it um you know every time i'm shipping something i'm entering that shipping cost too in my own personal like set of spreadsheets but it is interesting because i think a lot of people do not do that right they are a little bit like weird weirded out about the numbers Mm -hmm. or they're afraid of what they're going to see and mm-hmm. so they just don't look at it. And then, you know, maybe they have a general sense of how profitable they are, which may or may not be very accurate <laughs> at any given time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, by the end of the year, it's like, okay, well, what are my expenses? And what is my, what was my profit? You know, and then mm-hmm. obviously you get the final answer when it's like tax time. But I feel like I'm on such a microscopic level with it because, you know, that it's hard for me to have an accurate gut check about, like if you just if I didn't check check my numbers and look at my totals every day, I would be like, I don't know how much I've made so far this month. Like, uh, I don't know. But I actually do look at, you know, by the transaction and then also like the accumulating totals for the month. Like I have right. some of I that mean, stuff built into my own spreadsheet, too. So I can't help but see it <laughs> when I'm doing yeah, my I mean, work. It's, it's sales report, right? I mm-hmm. mean, um, in any business, there has to be there's reports, right? In any industry, there's always going to be reports, and I think you know for for us in our industry reselling world, right? Like um, we say it all the time: buy low, sell high. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like the the thrill of the hunt and stuff like that. Uh, being mostly solo or with less people in the operation, um, I think it's one of the things that. Um, gets overlooked because there are other things that you actually do that's a priority as well, right? Like shipping, like listing, like buying. But I think this is the the heart of the operation because, you know, to be able to actually realize a profit, you have to know how much you made in that certain item. And you are bound to make the same mistake over and over again if you don't actually learn a lesson from that purchase or that transaction so looking at your numbers actually helps you become a better buyer and when you're a better buyer you're a better seller so that's That's kind of like the analogy of it Um, that's one of the benefits for sure of like the granular level of recording things like glenn and i mm -hmm. have been talking about because if I just sold something, you know, and then I go and see a similar thing out in the thrift store or whatever, like it's pretty fresh in my mind. Like, Oh yeah, I just sold one of those. Mm -hmm. And usually if it was pretty recent, I'll remember like the details and I'll be like, Oh yeah, I thought that was going to sell for a lot more or 
maybe I overpaid for that last time, or maybe it did sell for an, an okay price, but it's overpriced at this location that I'm at right now. And so I'm not going to pick it up this time. It's not, you know, enough margin or whatever, but I'm also like from the thrill of the hunt perspective, I love to look at every little transaction because it's so rewarding to be like, yes, I made 200 times what I paid for this, you yeah. know, right in the moment. It's really validating and just like really fun. So yeah, I try to fun. add, the, <laughs> oh, exactly. And I try to, I try to add the, uh, the cost of goods and the custom skew and where it's yeah. located. So, you know, every time you get an offer, kind of see like, you know, how much I spend for it? Where is it? And, um, you know, just all the details that I could put in there for the custom skew to know, you know, everything about that product. But when you're buying in bulk, it is a different situation. Throw of the hunt is always fun. And uh, I think we're going to talk about all that. I guess all of that with uh, the differences because my store is kind of wonky right now. <laughs> but how, how should we start this? Yeah. I mean, the numbers do have a story to tell. Why don't we just pick, um, let's pick w like one pick of our metrics. Line. Let's mm -hmm. go maybe yeah. through our sales first. Okay. Yeah. But we'll pick one metric, talk about what it means, why we're talking about it, and then go through each of our numbers for it. Yeah. So, um, I guess if you're listening to this and then, you know, I would encourage you to go to your, uh, eBay seller dashboard or your seller hub. So, um, that way, if you want to follow us or you want to check this out after, all you got to do is go to your um, seller hub, click performance, click sales, and then sort it by this year. Uh, you know, we're in January. So like I said, mentioned earlier, like, are we starting the year hot or are we, um, you know, cruise controlling because holiday just happened and are we just making the adjustments right now? So if you go to your performance and then sales and you click this year, so we are actually technically comparing our performance at this very moment compared to last year. And then click generate report, and that's how you'll see um, the, the, the results of the percentage that we're going to be talking about this year. So, Anna, you want to go first? Sure. So this is like, just to be extra super clear, we're just talking about this year so far compared mm -hmm. to this time last year same thing mm -hmm. last year mm -hmm. so far <laughs> to right. this point in last year so mm -hmm. last year the first couple weeks of january to this year the first couple weeks of january for all of mm -hmm. these um sales numbers so that's the only hard thing about a podcast and talking about numbers we can't show you a spreadsheet so we're going to try to just discuss it clearly but mm -hmm. the first thing we're looking at is basically our sales so far this year like mm -hmm. what's the percentage of our gross Difference. sales yeah. has it gone mm -hmm. up or down compared to the same time period last year um and so let's see what order are we in oh i'm first okay well <laughs> i get to i get to lead with bad news <laughs> which is that my sales this year are 41.6 percent down compared to the same time period last year but I guess I'll just go ahead and throw the caveat in there. If you've listened to all of our Seller Club episodes so far, you've probably heard me talk about this. But this time last year, I was about to move across the country. <laughs> so I was in mm. mega liquidation mode. And I had, yep. yes, I had was just trying to sell everything. I was doing every kind of deal, every kind of sale, pushing my promoted ads really high. 
So I was selling through a lot of stuff last January, and this year has been more normal because I'm not in the middle of doing that anymore. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit sad. It's down a little bit, but it's also like not a crazy pre-moving time. So that makes sense to me why I would be seeing this number. But it's interesting because the numbers alone, right, are just numbers, but there is a story behind all of these numbers. And it's Mm -hmm. important for you to know that about your own business too. Like what is factoring into this number that I'm seeing? So Mm. I know for a fact that that is a great deal of why mine are down, but who's next? Glenn. Uh, So mine's 36.1% down from, but but what down? Down. But you're, you're you're a YouTube guru. How could it be down? (laughs) Impossible. Um, so 36.1% down. And last year, well, 2022, me and Ken were like all whatnot mode. 2023, when the year started, I'm like, I'm full eBay mode because of the kind of products I was getting, which mm. I went into buying a big uh, sneaker, shoe sneaker, sneaker bulk, right? lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... And my mindset going into it was like, well, none of these shoes are going to touch whatnot. It's going to go on eBay. Gotcha. So I got into listing on a regular basis, ready to go for next or for next year, last year. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so that's why it is uh, down this year. Mm-hmm. Kenny? And then on the contrary, <laughs> um, the roles and the story have reversed. Because I'm 152% up compared to last year. Because last year, again, um, my eBay store was crickets. Because we went hard on whatnot. Um, And also, this year, or I would say in 23, half half later part of the year, going through Q4 23, we were building up our eBay store with um, sneakers that were eligible for authenticity guarantee. Um, so a lot of them were, you know, over $75 up in um, uh, in value or selling price. So we have definitely shifted the focus to eBay, hence why, you know, there's that big jump. And I think, you know, we could just go into ASP next, my ASP is 18% up. Um, so um, I think that's one of the the numbers that we're tracking. I mean, the higher your ASP, you know, kind of like brings your inventory value higher. At the same time, if you want to make X amount of gross sales, right, like $10,000 a month at 100 bucks, you're definitely touching way less product. Uh, right. So I think it's kind of like a, a luxury to have a higher ASP. That that way, there's less uh, product moving, uh, but but that doesn't really directly reflect to I'm making more money because I could be paying up a lot more right. just to have that higher ASP. It's like so, none of that um, actually factors in the net profit. Like no, yeah. These so numbers we're not alone talking don't that, tell yeah. you the full t- the yeah. picture either. <laughs> That's why it's very important that um, you know what you're making per transaction. But I think, you know, in the grand scheme of things, um, these numbers that we're going to be talking about as far as percentage up and down, these are like, you know, metrics, 
um, you know, some people call it KPIs, key performance indicators mm-hmm. um, that that we have to pay attention to, uh, because to hit a certain goal, we have to understand these things. Uh, so, Glenn, we go yeah. up. Man, this guy's so smart. Twenty five percent down on my on my end, and mm-hmm. also compared to last year, I have like so many hats that are on there right now compared to shoes that were on there last year. Ah. And ASP is really down because of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go yeah. into further detail later on on hats mm-hmm. and maybe the good and bad <laughs> on, <laughs> on various platforms. Yeah, we could talk about that in our traffic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Awesome. Well, and, I love this because this is, I'm, I'm happy with this one. My ASP is up 21.7% from last year, which again, like that's consistent with what I told you, which is the truth, but you know, of the story of getting ready to move, I was liquid, semi-liquidating. So I was selling a lot more stuff, but at lower price. And Mm -hmm. so now I'm not selling as much stuff, but I'm getting a higher average sale price, which is what I want. Really what I want is to be like Ken and have higher both, (laughs) but I'm working on that for this year. Like I actually set goals around these metrics for how I want my store to perform throughout the whole year. And so those are both metrics that I want to go up. And I'm really happy to see that already the ASP is up. So hooray. I'll take it. <laughs> we will take it. And I think, um, well, quantity sold is kind of weird on my end. But we'll we'll go. Well, Anna, you still want to just go to the next one then? Sure. So, yeah. Sold, so yeah. definitely still in keeping with the whole semi-liquidating before moving. My quantity sold is way down. 52% down. So yeah. my overall gross sales, like the total dollar amount is down. My mm-hmm. quantity sold is way down, but my ASP is up. So yeah, the actual quantity sold number of items sold is 52% less than this period last year. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about eBay only right now. So right, right. Correct. in case yeah. people are wondering what's going on. 14.8% down on my end on quantity sold. And that's just kind of weird i guess because it's not down too bad too quantity much, yeah. wise but mm-hmm, it's because yeah. random golf and baseball <laughs> season i guess were starting oh, to yeah. sell so that kind of helped a little bit during this time yeah i mean quantity sold is going to be directly correlated with your sales percentage right um if there's no drastic change in asp then they should be very relevant um quantity sold for us is 113 percent up um so i think uh you know talking about this is sales driven right um this is pretty mm-hmm. much the result of what you fed your store um and also this is ebay store alone and we all know that there is you know a giant uh a bigger picture i would say for the whole e-commerce business i would say we are all in the e-commerce world not even considering the time we put in for social media and community work and all the other different activities that we're involved in. So this is just kind of like a a, a compartment of our eBay store um, that eventually, right, like the goal is to be in green. The goal is to improve over time. Um, and I know for a fact that, you know, all these down numbers is not gonna stay down because obviously now we realize this we're gonna pick it up one way or another it might be on our ebay store or we're gonna go into like 
the whole whatnot story uh, or or shifting uh, different inventories or focus. So, Glenn, uh, before we go into traffic, let's talk about like what has shifted, right? We're talking about uh, starting this year, Q1. Um, what's kind of like your overall general feel and the general strategy that you have taken on uh, based on the variety of um, inventory that you've gotten? Um, obviously, eBay is going to kind of like suffer because of the focus that you're putting on and whatnot. How has that played out? Well, I think, you know, how you're saying that, like, you know, they're not going to stay down as far as the numbers go. I, I, I honestly think mine might stay down just because <laughs> go lower. last year was a huge year or on the lower. eBay side. Like, mm-hmm. I had so yeah. many great Oh, yeah, you were you were doing record numbers last year. Big time. It's like the most inventory wow. I've ever had. Um, and, yeah, it's just crazy daily sales. Um, really good on that side of it. Um, but kind of like what Ken, me and Ken have talked about this different times too, is like when you buy in bulk, a lot of your best stuff is going to be gone first. And so that stuff really sold easily, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, and, and it was consistent and everything. And then things started to kind of slow down more and more once you start getting into the less popular shoes or different sizing, that's not the best, or even items that are just harder to find on the platform. Um, and so as time went on too, I started, I was already buying hats, but I got better deals on hats later on at the end of the year last year. And in the beginning of the year last year, I had bulk deals on shoes. So, I mean, I'm in this kind of like sporting goods category where I'm selling like jerseys and sportswear and hats and shoes kind of go along with it. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, the buy cost on hats have gone even lower. I've been finding even better deals now. But I'm also noticing the trends in the market and really having low ASP and going through the hats. I just don't even feel like they're worth it on the eBay side hat-wise unless the mm. ASP is really there. So mm. hats brought down my ASP from shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like clearly noticeable. And you also start to wonder, you know, if I'm selling a hat at $39, okay. But then, you know, some of the other ones selling at 25, 28 mm-hmm. plus buy cost, plus if you're promoted listings, then if it gets returned, it's like, is yeah. all this really worth it for right. a low ASP item? Right. So my focus, I think, this year between whatnot and eBay is eBay has to be special items that I feel like people are looking for, mm-hmm. things that I'm going to be in the first page on, things that will definitely get, you know, the views and people are, are wanting the item. Um, when it comes to hats, you type in Yankees hat, how many results are going to come out? Mm-hmm. Yeah, You know, I feel like... I have to promote them high in order to be seen. And if I'm promoting high and they're not even really selling that high to begin with, you're kind of putting, it's just a weird situation to go through and ship off one item at a time. Um, I think this year, I think on eBay, I've sold seven hats out of the 18 days that we're in. Mm. Um, 
And then on Tuesday, you know, I sold like 110 snapbacks in an hour. <laughs> so it's just like a totally different ball yeah. game right there. So, um, so at this point, I think one of the things that I want to point out and cut you off there, it's it's really like determining the value of the movement, right? Like how much money I'm making if I move, right? So like if I move yeah. to ship a hat and I have to box it, and you know, let's just say... You know, um, how much would you say your average profit uh, on eBay would be on a, like, on uh, a lower end hat, on the twenty five dollar hat? Probably like a good like thirteen. Yeah, yeah. So let's say know, a thirteen bucks. bucks, right? And it's not moving. You know, like you said, like it only sold for seven times. Let's say it sold for ten times this year, right? Yeah. Compared to if you sold a hundred uh, in one hour then it just makes more sense that even if you made less per yeah. item, but because you have the volume on your side uh, and you have the potential to make more, then technically you actually pocket or profit more at the end of the day, right? Because it's really yeah. numbers, uh, your profit per unit, right? So the now I feel like you're in a position where because you can buy a lot of items, now your focus is, how can I sell more units because I you have the the opportunity to buy more units at the end of the day? Yeah, and it's a big difference between, you know, also with whatnot, we have combined shipping. So, like, one guy mm. buy you know, 12 out of those 110. Wow. Another so, guy instead of boxing and, 12, right, the, the yeah, chances one by of one. selling, yeah, so, chances <laughs> of selling 12 on eBay. I haven't sold a 12-item pack on eBay. Oh, yeah. You know no. what I'm saying? But <laughs> on whatnot, have... it's... Oh, oh there you go. But not hats, oh. not hats. It was yeah. uh I've done costume jewelry and mm-hmm. uh vintage refrigerator magnets and matchbooks. All three of those I've sold like 20 or 30 to a wow. person. Wow. Oh, that's that definitely happened. an Multiple average times. shopper. Those hmm, sales are awesome, but it's very few and far between that that happens. <laughs> and I'm always glad that it's like tiny items that would actually still fit in pretty much the same size package. True. Not have to so, go through I mean, the whole... Let, let's yeah. segue to talking about traffic and conversion, right? Like now yeah. we're on the, the, the comparison of conversion. Anna, go ahead. I have one more question before we do that. Oh. Just yep, do a it. burning question for Glenn, because I think it's really cool that we're like as we go we're kind of talking about the strategy and the implications of this stuff Mm -hmm. so glenn like you're kind of saying okay so going forward with ebay maybe that's more curated you know maybe that's more Mm -hmm. like specific items um Mm -hmm. but i think it's interesting like in 2023 you know ebay has released and improved some some significant things about like the storefront experience Mm -hmm. and so i wonder that if part of your like focus with those certain types of items going on eBay and being more picky about that. Like if you would maybe utilize more of that stuff so that you're like, like for example, now you can actually promote your store itself and not just your Mm -hmm. listings within your store. You know, you can do different types of promotions and like a newsletter and you can kind of add branding and like a video to kind of explain and introduce people to your store. Like you can do all of that stuff on eBay with your actual storefront itself. And so I wonder if, like, that is something that would help kind of – that would make sense to go with that approach you're going to be taking this year. Like, do you think you'd be more inclined to, like, like tinker with some of that stuff since you're going to be more specific or 
Um, I definitely would, and I think it'll help, like, you know, you might ask, like, what what am I going to sell on eBay then if I'm going to be doing that? And a lot yeah. of the things that I'm spending a little bit more money on and I'm really hoping for a better return, I think will go on that. You know, like a Nike Dunk jacket that I found at Burlington. You know, I paid 59 for it, but Was on that the eBay, one with all the shoes all over it? Yeah. I love that. I know, it's so cool. So and a cool. lot of the comps are at 200 to 250 yeah. So like that doesn't need to be anywhere near whatnot. That needs to be on eBay. <laughs> yeah. Great photos, great yeah. details. Yeah. And, and also great seller protections, great buyer exactly. protections. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then it'll raise up my ASP mm-hmm. and it's an item that is worth being on there. Yeah. Um, all the I panda like that. dunks that I've been finding need to go on eBay. eBay is going to push out coupons as well for $100 or more on sneakers. It's yeah. going to get authenticated. I know I can double up after paying 49 if I list them at, you know, 100, 110 or retail, they'll sell um, and it wouldn't be on whatnot. So I think all the cheaper bulk items that I can continuously get need to go on whatnot. And then a lot of the higher ASP, um, you know, items that people are really looking for will really look great and do well, I think, on eBay on that side of it. So that's the way I'm cool. looking at it. Love it. All right, sales or traffic. All right, Ken, Honestly, we'll go traffic. through to traffic now. And now Honestly, over to traffic. over to traffic with Ken. <laughs> yeah. So like traffic. traffic in the sky with Ken. <laughs> it's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. He's in a helicopter. What, what, what's yeah. that from? <laughs> oh, it's just like a from? news thing to where like, like yeah, a traffic oh, yeah. oh, oh, talking about traffic. Okay. You want to oh, hand it off to you again? Okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Um, and now so, over to Ken with traffic. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, Anna and Glenn, uh, traffic's looking pretty bad. I mean, <laughs> it's pretty backed up. Traffic uh, jam. I mean, there is organic traffic and promoted traffic. Um, <laughs> as much as we like, we don't want to be at the promoted lane, but we have to, to escape all the organic traffic. Um, yep. But from the looks of it, should we just... Sa- should, should you just... Can you guys let me summarize our traffic, organic, and promoted? Since yes, it's sure. pretty similar. Um, yeah, I, and and I think we similar. can bounce off ideas, right? Um, yeah, totally. So, so traffic, respectively, um, Anna's organic traffic is 11% compared to 89% promoted. Glenn's traffic is 15% compared to 85% organic. My traffic is 23 to 77. So basically from the looks of it, averaging it out, um, between 15 to 25%, um, also looking at other people's traffic as well, it's pretty kind of like similar now. You know, like we've been selling on eBay for a while and we've really never seen organic versus promoted before. Now it's been like, you know, that new talks. Um, I, I, I could confidently say back in the day when we hit 2 million traffic we're like you know like celebrating popping <laughs> champagnes ordering desserts because you know out of that is conversion right so right. We'll, ta- we'll talk about conversion um, but now we're, we're seeing 15 million traffic impression to 30 million and right. you know like, and this is like you know like in in a one, two, three person operation stores. And I was like, how are we able to get this much traffic? 
Um, and I guess, you know, we can go around and, you know, let's just say and ask the the burning question, is promoted tr traffic or promoted your listing, promoting your listing, paying extra worth it? Um, Anna, is it worth it? To is get, it worth it? To get, well, let's just say, let's just talk about a million traffic, right? Uh, so in your end, you get 890,000 more traffic, foot traffic, right. to your digital foot traffic to your store. Is it worth it? I think it is. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure all of the reasons why, of course, like there's mm -hmm. some mystery <laughs> right. anyway, but like in general, but I think, you know, I don't know. I, I, st I used to long ago, of course, here's the thing. My strategy has changed over time, but also mm -hmm. all of the entire body of sellers uh, strategy and use of promoted listings has also changed over time. Right. Right. As promoted listings has been around longer, like there was a More long people. time where I always just did the minimum. It was like one right. or 2%, you know, and then there were other times later on, like well after promoted listings was a thing where I would crank it up to, you know, 20 plus percent. Like when I was, for example, when I was trying to semi-liquidate my mm -hmm. inventory, I cranked it way up because it was valuable. I had a ton of margin on all of my items, like mm -hmm. without exception. And so I was like, okay, I really just have to move stuff. And what I noticed is that actually helped a lot. <laughs> like it mm -hmm. did create right. a lot more sales. Now there definitely is a sweet spot. Like um, I think through that process, I did actually find the not sweet spot of, wow, I did sell a hundred more items this month and I didn't make any more net profit. Like I, mm. that all got eaten up, you know, right. between mm -hmm. actually paying to promote and like all of the shipping supplies <laughs> that I used to ship out those extra hundred items or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, um, but at that point, the goal was literally just to move stuff because mm -hmm. I wanted, because I was not going to have to get like a second truck <laughs> to move so it across it's, the country. So it's possible to sell more if you promote more. Yes. I think that is definitely true. But mm -hmm. the more nuanced question is, are you making more money because you're selling more? Right. That's what you mm -hmm. have to know for yourself in yeah. your own situation to know if it's a good decision or not. Like mm -hmm. right now, you know, I have, I think my general like promoted listings rate for most of my store right now is like 10%. So it's like half of what it was when I was semi-liquidating, you know, and you can see from some of the other, the sales numbers we just talked about, like I'm not selling as much stuff. And I think mm -hmm. that's a direct result of I'm not pushing it so hard with paid promotion because I don't need to anymore. It all has a place and I don't have to move it anywhere. So I'm willing mm -hmm. to wait and not have such a chunk taken out of my margin. So mm -hmm. what, what about, about you, you, Glenn? Is it worth it? It is depending on the product and what you're what you're selling. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, promoted. I had to promote hats high in order for them to be mm -hmm. seen. I mean, there's just right. too many in a certain team, or well, yeah, pretty just much saturation team. issues. Yeah, it just yeah, big time saturated. Now it's like unique item, and you know, there's a couple of other sellers, but they have high watchers and things like that. I probably wouldn't go super high in the promotion i think it's like a rare item that people are looking for then that's a little bit different um so i would probably say it just depends i know there's like a little outcry out there like 
everyone should just stop promoting and then uh, eBay can't do anything about it. And um, like Ken said, like, all right, everybody stop promoting and then I'll promote mine at 2%. <laughs> yeah. I was like, mm, that would work. I just save more money, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no one's going to stop doing anything no. like that. Um, but I would really it's, look into how much did you pay for that item? What does a yeah. competition look like? Mm-hmm. And also... Yeah. I think uh, sellers get into this mode to where they think that their item is worth more than what it really is, especially mm. on Poshmark. Yeah. Poshmark people think that their used, I don't know, whatever shirt or whatever pants are worth way more. It's not. Like, what? your item isn't rare. And yeah. if it is rare, then that's a totally different story. But if it's easily accessible, and now that me and Ken, you know, we talked about that before, too, just like there's so much more product, it seems like more than ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why our stores have also changed, you know, like four or five years ago, you're going to Nike outlets, you're going to Ross, we're going to these stores. Even if you want to add in Goodwill Savers doing all of this, you're picking and choosing certain items and yeah. you're you're listing them and then you're going out there, you're sourcing again. It was like you every product mattered totally differently because you're you know, it's like a precious item you want to keep them keep them going but you know that thrill of the hunt is fun but how many items are you really going to be able to pick up that you want high quality products mm-hmm. and it would take some time take some effort several trips now it seems like there's way more products that are on sale that i think people can get a hold of even where new is you know about the same cost as used when you're looking at like savers and and goodwill and stuff when they're selling joggers at 13.99. Oh, for like, sure. For sure. So I remember like fairly recently I did a retail arb experiment, which is going well by the way, but pretty much I bought a whole bunch of shorts and mm. mostly Nike, there's some Patagonia, some stuff, but they were on in like part of a super clearance kind of sale and you know, I think like a lot of the Nike shorts I bought were like literally $3 newest tags. <laughs> and I'm like, you could absolutely not find that at Goodwill. They would be five or $6 used. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, that's undeniable. Like, let me make sure I get one of these in every size of my size, just in case they don't sell. And then I have a whole new wardrobe of Nike shorts for $3 a piece. Cause that's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> but exactly. you know, I mean, the fact that those kind of deals are available is like, that's so indicative of just how much, is out there like how mm-hmm. much probably oversaturation there is right now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you know and i've sold a bunch of them so far too but i feel like obviously when the weather gets warmer like and it's not the dead of winter i'll probably sell more <laughs> but yeah it's still <laughs> like you can't say no at that price point you know yeah exactly I, can I, I think you know i think it's it's definitely worth it i mean i i look at it as another tool to be able to advertise your product um, and I, t- I tell everybody this, you know how hard it is to bring traffic to our, your own website, right? I mean, yeah. we know this for a fact because we've run ads on our videos or our, mm. um, you know, just different like campaigns. Like Google ads and stuff? Yeah, right? Like just to activate that. Mm-hmm. And and you have to figure out the data, right? I mean, you just, you know, like I'd open my, I'll open my store a little bit more. So last year... Um, I spent thirty six hundred on 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 ads, uh, wow. ad fees. I spent thirty six hundred, but if you think about it, out of my selling costs, it's seven percent of my selling cost. 
Yeah. Right? Mm. So do you have that much margin that you can give away 7%? Right. Um, and if it's a yes, and it brought me 80% more traffic every month, I think it's worth it because out of that 80%, you know, at a conversion rate of, let's just say 1%, right? Is That's definitely going to be more than what you paid right. for for the ad fees. Um, you know, let's just talk numbers, right? Like if if the 1 million people came through, and I paid fees, 80% of that was promoted people or promoted traffic, right? 800,000 came in. And out of those 800,000, 1% bought, that's, what is that, 80 people? 80 more transactions. No, that's actually 800. 800, 800 more transactions. Right. And now, what's your ASP? <laughs> Right, and my ASP is a hundred. Let's put it that way. Yeah, there you go. That's eighty thousand more sales. Yeah. Now, am I willing to give up thirty six hundred to get eighty thousand dollars more in GMV or revenue? I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna go with yes. Hundred percent yes. Right, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like, if, you, yes. if you know your numbers, that's all, that's what I'm saying. Like looking at this now, next year I want to pay more. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, like I think that's just a general rule. If you understand it that way, love it or hate it, I I, you know, those people didn't come to my store if I didn't pay. Right, but that's the thing. That's the piece of the puzzle that it affects. Right, they have mm-hmm. they're coming to your store. But also, it's not a replacement for having good products, having good listings, 100%. having yep. good pricing. Because you still have to convert compelling. them once they're in your store. Right. Right? If you have a yeah. crappy store, it don't matter if you just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that's... I mean, I feel like that's where... I understand how some people feel like, oh my gosh, it's just like... It's not like an even playing field. But mm-hmm. kind of after the threshold of bringing the traffic, then it is after that still the same playing field of like... That's true. Right. How are... You know, and... Also, all of those things I just mentioned influence your organic traffic, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like your organic traffic will be higher if you're putting you the best product. stuff yeah, out yeah. there in the best way. Like, period. That's part of what that's what determines, you know, how things show up and where and when and yeah. all that. So. Yeah, I think it's not a. It's definitely not a replacement for no. terrible listing, right? Right. Um, well, compared to a terrible photo, right? Because it don't matter if you and I. You know, example one, example two, example one is a terrible photo. Even if it's promoted higher, they're still going to click on mine and probably potentially buy mine because mine is clearer. And, you know, it's just a snowball effect because now people are going to be asking you more questions if it's not clear. Right. If you have a good standard. Then you have to have good customer service. Yeah. Then Anna (laughs) fails on that because Anna fails. (laughs) You have to talk to people. I have to respond to to customers. (laughs) I mean, some people might say, like, why does eBay have to charge for promoted listings? Why do they have to get more from us? Because eBay is a business. (laughs) Exactly. They want to make more money. (laughs) eBay is a business. They want to make more money. But also, I want people to think about 
how many more sellers there are um, and how many more sellers have been added so to the platform many. as right. time has gone on for the last, you know, three to seven years. Sure, you can blame us YouTubers. It's their fault. They've been all showing all of that. Yep. Um, but also, this just side hustle in general has been a huge topic with everything that's oh. been going on, even since yeah. 2020. You know what I mean? Like Completely. how much extra money... Yeah, I mean, they even call it the gig economy now, right? The side gig economy, right? (laughs) Right. Reselling is just one part of that, but it's a pretty accessible part of that. So a lot of people are interested in trying it. Yeah. Yeah. And that also just comes with our where we're at right now and having the Internet. And I, I remember back in the day, even with my parents, I was like, I don't remember my parents really having like. A big side hustle, no, or, and or like hustles. Chilled and had like leisure activities. It was. Yeah. <laughs> they had hobbies. Yeah. They had hobbies. I know that's our toxic I mean, trait as a generation is that we have to monetize every hobby that we have. But that's true. I don't you know, know how much like, that's our fault, but that's a conversation I, for another day. <laughs> something random. Something random. If I was the best pizza driver there was, or delivery guy. At a at a store or a restaurant, I would hate the economy now, because of the DoorDash, the Uber Eats, the all that, been decentralized basically, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. imagine all the tips I would have gotten, and then now like, wait, Glenn can just come in, and pick up the Grab order that I used me? to get. I was like. Yeah. I mean, that's how I feel about promoted listings, you know, right? Mm-hmm. Like, at this point, like, I could just park next to Glenn's listing, and if I have a better price, a better, I could make a dollar less, and I get the, I would get the, the sale. Pro- the, the sale. Right. Yeah. Or imagine, I guess, trying to promote your storefront. Ken, having your oh. own physical store. Yeah. Oh, man. There's then a reason really why how tough it is out there in a business. There's a reason why I'm here in the States doing this business. Because yeah. when I had a storefront, you'd have to print flyers, you'd have to go knock on doors, you'd have to I mean what I mean like there's a reason why yeah. Glenn's family business is booming because they they print all the the, the souvenirs and all the, ad- all the marketing materials. materials. Yeah. <laughs> because exactly. it's necessary. <laughs> Yeah, they have to fight even harder. I mean, what did you have to do in that brick and mortar store uh, with your parents' family? What what were like the the marketing or the ad spend that you guys had to do? Well, I'm I'm thinking with with them. First off, it was already like a business that had been around for multiple years. Yes, it was already established. So that really helped. That um, those already like clientele that were already Mm -hmm. coming in. what really changed it was like promotional items and mm-hmm. my dad brought in i guess kind of like the contacts that he knew but he also had to go business to business and seeing like what kind of promotional needs they might need and so he did like the r&d right so like yeah. he discovered yeah. what was the need so in a way mm-hmm. that was the expense of the business right like your dad had to go out of his way to probably exactly. had to spend x yeah, y and z be pro be proactive yeah. and go yeah. find out yeah yeah and have it's everything ready like if you're gonna mm-hmm. show you know have your ipad ready on like here's how you manage the website here if you want to check any promotional items here's how you do it here's what yeah. you have to do what, what we can offer and all of that so really getting out there and when you have kind of like that 
I guess, like, in-person, friendly face, what you can offer type of thing. And then word of mouth, yeah. of course, also right. starts to generate, too. Um, then that really helps. Um, a lot of the I old love- school advertising isn't really yeah. there, I guess, like billboards. I mean, they're still there, but, you know, billboards and my dad, you know what? They did do TV commercials, too, which. Oh, wow. really? Yeah. Were you the model? Can we get you the some model? footage of that? <laughs> yeah, we do have footage of that. But, oh, my um, gosh, please. And it's kind of funny now, too, because me and the wife hate commercials. I mean, like, you you know, were you there? Were you part of the commercial? Um, I was on the first one. And then the (laughs) two commercials after that, I didn't, I wasn't there anymore. But (laughs) I am begging for you to see this in our our story. Okay. (laughs) All right. We'll find those. We'll find those. Club story on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll get those ready. Oh, my gosh. I Uh, love it. All right. So next, um, should we talk about listings on every platform? What what other yeah, platforms right. are we selling on? Well, just, yeah, let's, just let's a reminder. <laughs> yeah, like ahead, we Anna. just we just announced last episode our partnership with List Perfectly, and so you know we're taking the opportunity every episode to kind of check in about our progress and our use of that platform because we're all using it. And these two have been using it for a long time. I'm just mm-hmm. starting out. I'm kind of a guinea pig, as you'll see in this next set of numbers. Um, but, yeah, all the numbers we've been talking about so far have been part of the eBay seller hub, eBay dashboard stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's also additional platforms to consider. And so we're just going to give a quick rundown of that so that people kind of understand, like, where we're coming from and where these other pockets of our businesses lie. So some of our other top platforms. But um, who wants to start? Well, Kenny, I'll I'll go start. And then, you know, huge shout out again, uh, List Perfectly, the official cross-listing service of Seller Club. Um, It's definitely something that we've been using so on eBay, talking about numbers, we have 920 listings currently, and um, we just you know got out of Q4. Usually Q1 is our lowest listing count um, because of you know the Q4 craziness. So we have 920 listings on eBay. We have 612 listings on Poshmark, and that mirrored to whatnot and Jamble as well. So 612 whatever how much listings we have on Poshmark is mirrored on Jamble and whatnot marketplace um, and then also uh, surprisingly we have 123 listings on Mercari because it is like I would say it is the unwanted child currently um, so <laughs> <laughs> that's what we have right now okay question so I'm sure the answer to this is yes but you use list perfectly to cross list to both of those from eBay right is that how you do it Correct. So we cross okay. list from eBay to Poshmark and Mercari. And are all, like for example, all the ones that are on Poshmark or Mercari also on eBay, or are there certain ones? Correct. That are only yes. On yes. Yes. Okay. So we don't we don't we don't list directly to any other platforms. So um, to say none of these listings would exist without list perfectly, because that's the only way that we see fit for our time uh as far as yeah. getting things like it's so it. efficient to, yeah, to do it that no way. way it wouldn't be no otherwise way. yeah yep uh glenn you're next um ebay 892 items i think the highest i ever got to was like 
1,700 listings, I think. Wow. And, um, which is nowhere near Anna's. I don't know how you're doing this. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just biting my tongue. Over I know. <laughs> um, so cross listed to Mercari. Um, I have 1,500, a little bit over 1,500 items on Mercari. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those have to do with um, hats in different sizes. And even though with eBay, I have 892 listings. I have more quantity wise uh, per listing. That's what I was going to ask. Like, what's yeah, your actual yeah. number of items listed? Do you know? Yeah. Versus listings? Because mine is pretty significantly different, too. Mm, yeah, it's totally. Oh, well, yeah, that's the, the thing the that. Quantity. Yeah, the mm-hmm. quantity is what changes Multiple it up quantity. on the eBay side. And even on Mercari, I have older listings, too, that I really want to just take off and refresh them. Um, It's kind of weird in Mercari. Like, items, since there is no promoted or maybe there is something you could do to slightly promote something but for the most part there isn't they just kind of get like well you can promote it to people that like your item and things like that but a lot of old items just get kind of like thrown into the abyss and (laughs) you don't really see them anymore so you kind of have to continually refresh and even come up with like new listings which is really easy with with a uh, list perfectly and is honestly, it, is it be- I agree. What is it because list uh, Mercari don't have quantity, right? Yeah, there's no quantity on oh, Mercari. Oh, really? Yeah, that's why. Yeah, yeah that's why oh. there's more. Yeah, I was gonna say like it has to be that they don't have quantity. Yeah. So once yeah, it sells, there's no quantity. That's yeah. only bad thing about Mercari though is like when it does sell, you have to relist it. If especially if you have like ten of that one hat. Yeah. You're like, um. So <laughs> it does throw things off there. Um, and also, I agree with Ken. Without List Perfectly, I wouldn't even be on Mercari because I there's no way I would be <laughs> listing one by one or individually with my phone on any of that. Um, it just wouldn't happen. Poshmark, I have 81 listings, and a lot of that was cross-listed from um, Mercari. Or no, eBay into Poshmark, but yeah, I just didn't... I mean, that was when I had a little bit more time to kind of mess with it. I did get five sales from Poshmark on hats and you know it's there I think that potential is there but um whatnot I would still prefer way over Poshmark on what yeah and I'm also too to like to point out like you probably what sold 20,000 items and whatnot already probably it's, I would yeah I would it's think. about right I think I think it was the last time I checked you were up there so wow so that that that's like a listing that you can't really count. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where I'm at. Um, what about Anna? Where are you at? Yeah, I was gonna say I'm I'm laughing uh, that I have so many more listings than you guys because I'm sure you both make more money than me. So I'm just like, yay, me and my ten thousand <laughs> listings. But I do, in fact, still have just over ten thousand listings um, on eBay. It's ten thousand and thirty at this moment in time. And it actually does account for um, a, a little over 11,000 items, though, because of a handful of multiple quantity listings and stuff like that. So uh, that is where it's currently sitting. And I have actually cross-listed my first 100 items to Poshmark. And one of them already sold from eBay, though. So it's not on Poshmark. So now I have 99 on Poshmark. <laughs> I need to find another one so I can keep it at, like, 100. Oh, okay. um, because I, I just I just very recently did that. And so I'm 
sort of experimenting with, you know, how to engage on that platform and stuff. And I definitely want to take some listings from eBay and sprinkle them into some other platforms and try it out. But I think I mentioned this on the last uh, episode as well, but I'm really excited to try different platforms. Like List Perfectly has a bunch of different platforms you can try. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to try, you know, all of them that make sense for the type of stuff that I sell, but probably in sets of like 50 or 100 items at first, just to like test the waters for each one and see how it goes. So right now it's eBay and a little bit of Poshmark and more to come. And I will definitely keep everybody posted on that. Um, And also, just throwing this out there, we're hearing uh, through the pipeline, there's going to be some really interesting updates to Liz Perfectly's Pro Plus plan that will have some really cool new features and stuff. So we'll also let you guys know about that when we find out the details. But I'm excited to see in the name of efficiency, like you guys are saying, you know, without that service, you wouldn't have been on any of these other platforms so i'm really curious to see you know they've already got a good thing going but as they continue to update things like how much more efficient it might get because we love efficiency (laughs) let's be real that's a very high value around here and probably for almost every seller that we know so yeah i i think it's really one of the fastest uh way to be able to maximize your inventory um, yeah. You know, like it, it is, it doesn't really incur more capitalization to be able to make more money potentially uh, by giving your item a chance to sell with a different set of buyers. Because I think right. that's one of the things that, yeah, we have to understand that eBay has a different buyer, Mercari has a different buyer, yeah. um, kind of like same as, you know. Personally, knowing Glenn, he loves buying jerseys and ha- uh, hats previously from, from Mercari. I love buying stuff on Poshmark, um, you know, like just sending offers, just unique items. So I think those are, you know, like just on a personal buying experience, you, we are missing that certain buyer if you're not. I bet you can't guess where I love to buy stuff. <laughs> where? eBay. <laughs> the only platform you're on. You probably don't even have an account. Before before hopping in cross listing, you probably don't even have an account on any other platform, or you probably don't even actually, know about the platform. <laughs> well, I knew I knew about them. I actually did have an joking. Etsy account already. Okay. I had thought years ago because I used to sell handmade stuff on Etsy like a long, long time ago. I would make stuff out of pieces of pianos, like piano guts, mm-hmm. um, oh, the wow. keys, and mm. different like action hammers and stuff. Really nerdy, really fun. Uh, but you know, that was years and years ago that I really did that in earnest and it was great and it was pretty successful, but so I was familiar with Etsy already. And when I started really getting into vintage stuff, uh, I was like, oh, there's like a market for that on Etsy too. Maybe eventually I will put some stuff on Etsy. That was definitely before I knew that there was any, or maybe before there was (laughs) any kind of Mm cross-listing software available. Um, and I just never got around to it because I kept pumping stuff into eBay and just kept my focus there. So I definitely had an idea about it, but I also would never have even tried if it wasn't really pretty easy to do and mm-hmm. pretty like yeah. not time consuming um, because, you know, we all have limited hours and focus and all of those kind of resources. Mm-hmm. So it's like you have to put it where it's going to count and make the biggest impact. And, you know, we've all built successful businesses on doing stuff that works. So we don't I mean, we don't like to spend too much time on stuff that ultimately isn't going to work for us, right? Like we 
we got to give it a try, but we don't know. So anyway, yeah. I love the efficiency factor um, with cross-listing. And I really wish that actually I had known or like had been interested in doing that like a year before I moved because it would have been awesome. I'm sure it would have helped me move a lot more stuff out of my store before that point in time. But, you know, I didn't really pay any attention to it until after that anyway. So now it's going to be interesting to see how that changes and shapes my numbers for 2024. I'm kind of starting cleanly at the beginning of the year with it. And it'll be interesting to check back on this, you know, at the end of the year or next January and see what an impact is made. So, so far, the impact is 100 listings on another platform. And that's all. <laughs> but there we go. There you go. A lot more to go. Yeah. All right. We are we're pretty much done right mm -hmm. for this one so, talking about traffic and sales and going through the numbers next mm -hmm. week we'll do the weather report instead of the traffic report <laughs> there we go there oh we yeah go. right now weather is kind of crazy so maybe we should <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay it's, go ahead. it's, it's been it's been better it's it's not sub freezing temperatures so yeah uh we finally got to 32 today so i oh, think that's yeah. pretty good uh, so we got uh, to what's, like 39 or something. Oh, 39. There you go. What about I you? I was doing? like, it's practically t shirt weather. Are uh, you kidding? Yesterday we were at 65. Today we're at 69. <laughs> so, already for wow. summer. Already oh, for that wow. spring. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a great thing that the days are getting longer again already. Like, mm -hmm. that is a comfort for sure. Yeah. Well, no, true. There, there we have it, guys. I mean, you know. I think this is a really cool um, challenge and to actually, you know, look into your numbers and actually instead of basing it off on feelings, base it on the reality <laughs> of your numbers. Like, because sometimes we say like, oh, I feel slow. I feel my store feels slow. Yeah. But if you look at the numbers, you know, yeah. it might be better than the same uh, time. Or if it's s slower, then you actually can realize like maybe you've made some drastic changes like Anna or maybe you've made some shifts on market like Glenn, or maybe you're coming back to eBay more like me. So, you know, uh, before you make that assumption, uh, make sure you look at the numbers because uh, sometimes emotion could be skewed, especially in wintertime. It's like, I feel cold. Oh, yeah. and, um, but numbers won't lie, whether it's hot or cold. So yeah. there you have it, guys. They don't feel the temperature. <laughs> exactly yeah. they they tell the temperature the numbers yeah. tell the temperature right so uh in your business your numbers are going to be the temperature so don't listen to everybody telling that it's slow or not because your numbers are going to be separate temperature compared to everybody else so there you have it that is episode number 14 talking about numbers seller club see you in the next episode peace out See you. Bye.